0: The weird thing about that song is it strikes a chord, if you will, with almost everyone who hears it, because The Exorcist is one of the most troubling films of all time, especially for those who are raised and confirmed Catholic. But Mike Oldfield was really kind of a weird, new age, proggy guy, and if you listen to the full 26 minutes of that song... He starts talking and he screams out, Tubular Bells, which is the name of the song. It's weird, but for many of us, we just associate that intro with a very troubling William Friedkin film called The Exorcist, which came out in 1973. And I, along with many others, saw it far too young for a kid who was raised Catholic. And um, it's a disturbing, disturbing movie.
1: We could do an entire show on films that we got to see as children that were entirely inappropriate. I mean, Bo Derek ten I saw when I was ten. Oh, literally, well, I mean, you know, well, Exorcist now, now, I saw when I was like five, you know, a, six. There's a difference between
0: contemplating eternal damnation and seeing Bo Derek- in cornrows. Jogging on the beach. J- just nipping out <laughs> hardcore. Anyway, my point was in playing that song, I wanted to play it in tribute to Max von Sydow, the brilliant and legendary Swedish actor who was not only Father Marin in The Exorcist, the power of Christ compels you.
1: The, the power of Christ compels you. Well, and let's be
0: honest. He didn't make it, right? I mean, like, wow. whoever it was, Pazuzu, the devil, whatever. Christ was busy. Yeah. <laughs> Wow! (laughs) However, although that's one of his most iconic roles, you go back to his 1970s work or even late 60s work with uh, Ingmar Bergman and him playing chess against death in The Seventh Seal, is one of the most iconic film moments, literally, in uh, the world cinema history. He would do that. He would play Jesus Christ in The Greatest Story Ever Told. He was also in Woody Allen movies, Penny Marshall's Awakening, Steven Spielberg's Minority Report, which was based on a Philip K. Dick novel, um, Diving Bell and the Butterfly, Shutter Island, and In The Force Awakens, and probably most recently, he was the Three-Eyed Raven before Bran became the Three-Eyed Raven. He was the Three-Eyed Raven in uh, Game of Thrones, which he got an Emmy Award for. Max von Sydow, one of the greatest actors to act while any of us have been alive, has passed away at the age of 90. So I thought a little exorcist music might be a nice way to start. It's The Brian Oak Show, we are broadcasting, recording live in the Smart Start MN studios. Thanks to them. Hi, Sean. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm all right, man. It's, um, I had my monthly DJ gig last night. It's only once a month, and I probably got to sleep at about 4 a.m., so I'm just a, just a touch crispy today, I'm <laughs> going to be honest. I've, I, I've been smarter, which I hope I don't disrespect today's guest, Dave said again, <laughs> as a result of my just raw stupidity and being burnt out. Uh, but before we go and talk to Dave, I did want to talk very quickly about coronavirus, because you know we're all doomed, right? Yeah, that's the word. Yeah, well, one of these stories is they, I mean, obviously all over the world, people are locking things down in an effort to spread the spread of a very contagious disease. Again, the percentage of death in this disease is relatively low, again, relatively low. That being said, it's so contagious that already it's killed more people than SARS or MERS, But like Northern Italy is basically on lockdown. Don't leave the house. Don't go to school. Online classes only or just shut up and close the windows. 16 million people in Northern Italy are on lockdown right now. And it's only getting more and more. It's getting worse. There are a handful of confirmed cases in the United States, and the number seems to grow every day. But it's now started to influence the world of music, which is very interesting. South by Southwest. Canceled the Ultra Music Festival in Florida. Canceled. Here's the weird thing neither of them are going to offer refunds for those tickets. That is brutal. And I understand that they have concerns and they didn't invent the coronavirus and they also incur certain costs. However, some of them they're offering sort of deferred things like, well, we'll let you in at a discounted rate next year, or because they're saying it's not canceled. It's postponed, which is why they are saying they can hang on to the money. But South by Southwest has a particularly interesting clause. Like when you go online and you get all excited to buy tickets before something sells out, who reads the fine print, right? You're like just clicking on the refresh button trying to get your goddamn tickets. And <laughs> here's what South by Southwest says in the small print, and I quote, any and all payments made to South by Southwest are not refundable for any reason, including without limitation, failure to use credentials due to illness, acts of God, travel-related problems, acts of terrorism, loss of employment, and or duplicate purchases. Instead, like the Ultra Festival, South by Southwest is allowing badge holders to defer their registration to 2021. 2022, or 2023. So your money's not entirely gone, but you are not getting a damn refund. Also, can we be grown-ups enough that even if you're a person of faith, that we don't include the line, Acts of God in official legal documentation?
1: I think if we're not going to give God credit, we also shouldn't blame God. Interesting. Huh. I mean, that again, that could be a whole other show, but... I hope they're going to pay the bands. I mean, because they're obviously going to not have many expenses anymore. Right. I mean, they'll have they'll certainly have a, a fair amount of well, expenses. And, and
0: bands who are not making
1: any money That's have to get I mean. down there. They do yeah. five
0: showcases. They work nonstop. South by Southwest is by all means a clusterfuck, but it also still remains a great opportunity for bands to do their thing. And again, I don't want coronavirus to spread. I I believe in precaution, but if they cancel Cruel World Festival. Oh, I'm going to be a mad motherfucker. I'm
1: telling you right now, I'm going <laughs> to be Did you a buy your bear- plane tickets yet?
0: Yep. Uh-oh. Here's the thing. I checked two weeks ago. The price dropped because nobody's getting in a metal tube flying through the sky, sucking face with... Other lepers. So (laughs) I just wanted to play before we meet uh, tonight's guest, Dave Sinekin, who many of you already know, uh, before we talk to him and move forward, I wanted to hear a song about the apocalypse. While this does not have to do with the virus, it does have to do with the end times. Thanks for tuning into the Brian Oak Show. Yeah, Pixies, Uh, Brian Oak Show. Hi, it's made possible by our primary sponsor, SmartStartMN.com. They are Minnesota's original ignition interlock company what does that mean well let's say you make a bad choice you go out you drink and you drive and you get popped and you're busted and now suddenly you don't have a license you can't drive anywhere not only is it expensive and difficult but now your life is actually on hold they can alleviate a great deal of that misery much quicker than you'd expect and for much cheaper than you'd expect sean what is the best way both for us and for smart start mn for people to get a hold of them and find out more if not for themselves of course because no one lives would ever do something like that but i'll bet you know someone have a family member or maybe just maybe without judgment you did that how do people what's the best way for them to get about that
1: well if you're irish like me you have several family members that could use smart start mn i am irish like you how dare you perpetuate a stereotype <laughs> tripe plight yeah i have another one so smart start <laughs> <it, John. laughs> smartstartmn.com dot slash the brian oak show uh, is the way that they can track this to make sure that the advertising is working. Or you can go to the banner on our website, uh, bryanoakshow.com. That'll give you 20% off the ignition interlock installation. So uh, easy way to be able to, to get that hooked up. They can do it very quickly so you can get back on the road, back to work, uh, be able to take your kids to...
0: Zither practice.
1: Zither. Zither practice. Exactly.
0: I mean, it's basically a breathalyzer in your car, and it's not the same as the legal limit. You can't blow any alcohol at all. But guess what? If you screwed up like that, maybe chill it out for a while. Yeah. Get yourself back to work. Get the kids to fencing practice. Take a couple plays off. (laughs) Yeah. Be like Randy Moss. Uh, in, in, in addition uh, to thanking Smart Start MN, I do want to thank all the people who have come out of the woodwork to support The Brian Oak Show. Episode 37 already, you know, we had audioquip.com come online and provide us with all this wonderful professional equipment, and they do a great job. We had Amy Stubblefield Barthel come together and make the Brian showcom or Brian brianoakshow.com. Did you see that our photographer, who has also provided a great deal of work, Rebecca Slater, had her baby?
1: She did, and it was three weeks early. So, it looks like everything went great, and it they did. Have, they have a beautiful mava and and somehow today i mean this this close to it, she's like.
0: We were supposed to have a huge cheese party at my house last week, but we couldn't because the doctor said I was going to have a baby, but she also seemed very enthused about having that first glass of wine
1: in nine months. Good for you, Rebecca. Did you see how Sinikin perked up when you said cheese party?
0: <laughs> well, oh man, I, <laughs> suppose, I suppose I suppose we better get to it. Tonight's guest on episode 37 of the Brian Oak show is none other than David Sinekin. And Dave and I go back quite a ways. Dave has been for... Man, are we coming up on three decades uh, of doing the Packer preview?
2: 25. This will be the 25th year. Okay, quarter century. Yeah, quarter so century. I don't mean to that oversell That sounds it. longer than three decades almost,
0: doesn't it? It does, actually. A quarter century is no small time. So, Dave Sinekin, you are, first and foremost, a decent human being. Thanks. Secondly, <laughs> which is a little bit of a stain on your reputation, one... No, no, you know what? Steve Nelson is an old friend and ally of mine. He doesn't love the Packers half as much as you do, and he loves the Packers. <laughs> you're a Green Bay Packer guy. Yeah, well, I grew up in Wisconsin, so it's in my blood. Where'd it's, you grow up? Uh, in Milwaukee,
2: suburban yep. Milwaukee. Yep. And, uh, well, how days... old were you
0: when you had your first crappy light beer? I don't think I ever <laughs> drank light beer.
2: I really don't. I mean, it was PBR, it was Miller and Bottles. I mean, it was there was no... I'm sorry,
0: PBR is a light beer. Okay,
2: all right, if you're going to go that way, but it's... I may leave the room at this point. Easy. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. But so I what I meant by light I, light. I pulled up, I, I pulled up what twenty minutes ago. There was a PBR truck unloading at the Mexican restaurant down the street, and I thought this is a sign. Yeah. That the beer that I was weaned on, who sees Pabst Blue Ribbon trucks anymore?
1: Well, and you're from Wisconsin, so you truly were weaned on beer. Absolutely. Of course. (laughs) Right from the breast, right to the bottle. Even before he was actually weaned,
0: he was still getting his share of beer. That's correct. So what I meant was, by light beer, I don't mean like a low-calorie beer. I'm talking about American see-through lagers is what I'm talking (laughs) about, which all of us have had plenty of. I'm by no means damning them with faint praise. So when I ask you how old were you being from Wisconsin, when you had your first PBR or Miller or whatever the case may be, how old were you when you remember and having that first yeah, beer. that's
2: a good question. Uh, drinking age was 18 back then in the it, 70s. Not the question I asked. Uh, I'm trying to think. I, I was probably uh, <laughs> I was probably a freshman in high school. I yeah. don't know, 15? And no judgment. 14, 15? I know people who had
0: beer when they were 10 years old. I was just such a square in high school. I played d and I hung out with people who did listen to R.E.M., uh, and I... So I didn't have my first drink till I got to college, which I don't necessarily wow. I don't necessarily advise because then all of a sudden you're supposed to be an adult but you have no experience in this one area so you chug a lug captain and coke 15 of them, <laughs> and you wake up on the bathroom floor the next morning. Yeah. There is something to be said for a little earlier experience. Where did you, so you grew up in Milwaukee. Tell me something about Milwaukee, because I've only been there twice in my entire life, even though it's the state next door. Tell me something about Milwaukee that the average person doesn't know.
2: It's a great town in the summertime, because there are festivals on the lakefront, music festivals, and they tie in with food. Uh, my two favorite things. Well, sports are in there, too, but yeah. music and food are right up there for me, so. All food? Oh well, it's it's themed so that you have like Festa Italiana one weekend, or or Mexican, or Greek, or Italian. Yeah, and there, there's these food festivals, but there's always great music festivals. Summerfest being the most famous. Yeah, around the Fourth of July is Which, when it Which, by the up. way,
0: Summerfest we're talking about South by Southwest being canceled. Yeah, South by Southwest is a freak show. Summerfest might even be a bigger freak show. I've been there. That's the two times I've been to Milwaukee. Of course, why wouldn't it be? The number of stages, the number of people. I love that people get out. I love that it's music oriented. I love that there's no shortage of beer or drink or any of that. Summerfest is a freak show.
2: Yeah, and it's way different now. I mean, I haven't been in years, but in the '70s and '80s, there wasn't like this giant amphitheater where you needed, a, you know, an eighty dollar ticket to get in to see the main act. It was one price gets you into the grounds. And yeah, you get to see whoever the top performer is for the same. You didn't have to buy an extra ticket. Yeah, who, whoever it was right. back in the late seventies. So it, it was a whole. It's so much more commercial now, and it's it's different. But it's still it's a cool vibe because you're right on Lake Michigan, and the beers flowing, and whatever kind of music you like, there's a stage there for you to listen to it. So summer times in Milwaukee are underrated, and um, and again, the food scene is always important. There's some great. You know, I always compared Milwaukee to St. Paul. It's it had, and maybe it's because my my dad grew up in St. Paul, my grandparents, I always we summered, we came to visit. And I always felt like you had that that old school kind of diversity, neighborhood, ethnic neighborhoods, great food, great, just great cool cozy neighborhood spots. And I don't i haven't live on the Minneapolis side now, but I try to get to St. Paul whenever I can cuz it kind of feels like Milwaukee to me. So if people wonder what's Milwaukee like, to me it's it's kind of like St. Paul with a big lake.
0: Sinekin, your name last name, Sinekin, has a y in it. Are you Greek?
2: No, uh, my dad's family came from Russia. Oh. Yeah, and I've actually, it's weird. The Pioneer Press did a um, like a big thing on the Prohibition recently. I don't know if you guys saw that, but there was a, a picture that it said Sinekin's Liquors on Wabasha Street, and it was my grandpa's store. I had no idea he had a liquor store. I knew he did a lot of different things, <laughs> including when I including was a kid. Including some drinks. And- <laughs> yeah, he did some drinks, and he had a perfume company that was kind of selling alcohol on the side during the Prohibition because he needed the <laughs> alcohol for the perfume. Uh-huh. But growing up, I knew him as a guy who had a military surplus store right by Mickey's Diner in downtown St. Paul. And that's uh-huh. what I knew my grandpa as. But I've learned that he was quite the feisty dude and had lots of different interests, including having a liquor store around the time of the Prohibition. Entrepreneur. Apparently so. And also
0: apparently something of a felon. I, yes. <laughs> uh, he, did,
2: yes. Uh, he served a little time, actually. So, yes, that's not so far from... The truth, his brother, my Uncle Jack, on the other side of the coin, actually started the Seeing Eye, It wasn't called Seeing Eye program, but he was the first guy to train dogs for blind people. He did it in Minnesota. He did it for a senator, a blind senator, I think out of Kansas, was his first client, and he raised German shepherds on his farm in Wyzetta, which was before Wyzetta was ever, you know, now the Tony-rich suburb. Well, when it was still farm <laughs> country, apparently. Uh, Jack Senekin is known as, like, the father of... Uh, Seeing Eye Dogs, it was, it was actually called my His Master's Eyes back in the, I don't know, 40s, 30s, 40s. So my family's been interesting. We have the felon. We have the guy that... You know, trains dogs for blind people and gives them to people of need. So, you know, I don't, mean, mean, to, I don't mean to
0: reduce your grandfather to just being a felon because <laughs> that takes a certain swashbuckling spirit of adventure exactly. to do that during Prohibition. I'm starting to get the feeling that every Dave Sinekin story. Remember when Jared Brewington was on? <laughs> yeah. He didn't have one boring story. Like, yes, there's no story like, oh, they just worked in a shop and then they <laughs> retired. And they every story I'm like, oh, so they just, you know, they they literally flouted federal law, and also <laughs> helped blind people and started a whole new movement. Dave that. Sinekin is uh, not only from Wisconsin, now a Minnesotan, but he is the main brain behind the head cheese, uh, dot com, And he also has been doing Packer Preview on KFAN, a station that I love crashing a great deal. We, and
2: I, I know the station loves when you crash. I as will, as well. and
0: I, I wish I could do it more often. But you, here's the, here's the thing, is I liked the Vikings growing up. But I could have taken her or leave, and I wasn't really a big NFL guy until my maybe third year in radio, and this would be mid to late 90s, and my co-host, Steve Nelson, was also from Wisconsin. Uh, Not Madison, but there's like a little tiny burb, Sun Valley or Sun... Prairie, Sun Prairie, just outside of Madison. There you go. But we'd get out of the weekend and Monday morning he would just rave and brag about the Packers and people would call and email was just kind of becoming a thing. They'd be like, You can't fucking do this. You can't <laughs> let this cheese head do this. So I started paying attention and in the mid to late nineties I became a genuine diehard purple fan. But we're right there, right? I mean, like, we're right here on the border. And there's so much crossover. I mean, you're a Wisconsin guy who lives in Minnesota. There are so many Minnesota people who live in Wisconsin. Even though I know the real rivalry, if we go back far enough, Green Bay is like, yeah, whatever, Minnesota. We're actually we're actually mad at Chicago. Okay. That yeah. that's the real rivalry, right?
2: Well, yeah, I grew up hating the Bears. I didn't hate the Vikings at all. In fact, when I was a kid, the Vikings were always good and the Packers were terrible. Oh. It was the seventies, man. I'm old. So this is the seventies.
0: I'm old too, but I, I apparently I missed that. Yeah, no,
2: all those Super Bowl appearances when Fran Tarkenton was running around and we were chasing him. We could never bring him down. He'd dump it off to Chuck Foreman after we thought we had him sacked. We were terrible growing up, and we cheered for the Vikes in the playoffs because at least that was a NFC Central team that we could root for. No, but the Bears, if they have success, a pox on them. No, nothing <laughs> nothing good can ever happen for them. So, no, we, uh, we grew up hating the Bears and everything Chicago in, in Milwaukee.
0: Well, I, just, I love that. I mean, K-Fan recognizes the nature of our region enough because we're all very provincial no matter where we're from up here that they have given you a home for literally 25 years. What was – your avenue and we'll get to a song here shortly I swear I just I haven't seen you in so long it's, been it's good a while. to talk to you what um what was your avenue to and again maybe the elevator speech of both these so we can hear your first song but mm-hmm. what was your avenue to your love of football but then also your avenue to getting on air at a radio station because that's not everybody yeah
2: no, yeah, I um. Well, we grew up every Sunday was go to Grandma and Grandpa's house and watch the Packers and have brunch and watch the game and then go out and lovely throw the football around. So that was just part of our life was packer football every sunday
0: when when was the first time you were in lambeau because i know it's legendary even though it's got crappy uncomfortable aluminum benches and they have been made there are upgrades i understand that they
2: have renovated a bit
0: i understand but also i mean yes it's legendary but also it's pretty rudimentary right i mean when's the first time you ever remember being in lambeau field
2: this will surprise many not till i was in college um it was impossible to get tickets Uh, oh right we had no relatives that had tickets and back then, they played two or three games in Milwaukee every oh, year. Yeah. So it was I like, that. maybe you know, a buddy can get me into the Shrine game. That's I remember going to the Shrine game, which is one of the preseason games yeah. in August, because his dad would give it and let him take a friend to the game that didn't count. Right. So <laughs> I went to a lot and of what does that mean, didn't count? Games. like is that a pre- it was preseason Preseason, pre-season okay, Yeah, so it, it wasn't it. even regular season. I think once I was in college, uh, got some buddies together, we went up for a game, and that was the first time. And obviously, I've been there hundreds of times since. But um, no, it was not a thing growing up. I was more of a... Baseball fan, a Brewer fan. My dad had Bucks tickets. I was a a basketball fan, but but the Packers brought the family together every week. It was like an event, and so that just carried through. And I went to college in Indiana with a bunch of Bears fans around me. Now we're in the early '80s when the Bears are good and the Packers still suck, and so I'm <laughs> I'm just beaten down and beaten down, you know. And once once Reggie White arrived and Favre arrived, and the and their uh, fortunes turned a bit. I, I moved here in '94. And I uh, got right in with the fan because I had done radio out of college, in college, and out of college. I had a job in, in news and sports in Milwaukee in the early 80s. And I approached KFan after they put me on as like that weekend or the update guy, you know, in the late, late in 94. So, spring of 95, like Mark Ginther was the program director. And I said, Hey, how about a Packer show? I'll, Packer fans call you guys, never want to talk to him. He goes, Hey, we're the Viking station. There is no way <laughs> the Vikings are going to go away. They did. Greenlight my show with Trent Tucker that spring in 95. So Trent and I are doing a Baby. show. Exactly. Uh-huh. So the next year, CCO gets the rights to, to the Vikings. k loses them. So right. I go back to Ginther and say, all right, what do you think of me now? And he said, all right, you know what? We'll put you on 9 o'clock Sunday mornings and see how it goes. And now that when people call during the week and Common or Chad and Barrero and they want to talk Packers, they can say, hey. Your hour is Sunday mornings at 9 with Seneca, and that's your time. Call call him. Mm-hmm. So that was my time, and that's when I started in 96, and the Packers won the Super Bowl my first year. That was the Brett Favre Super Bowl. You're Lucky. We were off and running. So, yeah, you
0: were. Uh, five oh. years later, though. Dancing, I, I understand that, but before we before we get back to the dark days, yeah. let's, <laughs> let's enjoy this moment that we can savor for a minute together because I don't relish a Packer victory at all. Understood. But I do like the fact that you were allowed to – just outside of respectively, respectfully, rather, dance on people like Paul Allen yeah. and And Chad Jesse Hartman. before him. Oh. Jesse
2: Ventura before those guys. And, see, and
0: I love all those guys. You yeah. know I love being on KFAN. K-F-A-N. Sorry, we don't yes. call it KFAN. Yes. Um, but also, like, your first year champions.
2: Yeah, it was unbelievable. So unexpected. Do you still have the crown
0: at home? Do you um, put it on sometimes and do a little tuck dance? No,
2: but what I do have, I still have the cassette tape. <laughs> I don't even have a tape recorder anymore, but the t- I have that show still saved. For the Super Bowl Sunday. I was down in New Orleans doing the show from down there. Uh-huh. Eric Webster, remember Webby? I do. He was uh, <laughs> producing in studio for me, and back in the day, my grandma Dorothy came on the show every year and gave her predictions. Huge Packer fan. She was 90-something. Great story. Uh-huh. And she loved the Packers. So I keep that because I it's my one of the only places I still have her voice. She passed away 20 years ago. right? But she was the star of my show the first five years. People... Asked about Grandma Dorothy, and, and that was the grandma that I'd go to watch games with every Sunday. So.
0: It, that, that's the thing that makes radio still what it is, is the only way terrestrial broadcasting will survive is if it's local and interesting, and provide something you can't get on an algorithm or online. Dave Sinekin is our guest, and we're going to talk more about theheadcheese.com, the place for Packer fans. We're going to talk more about his role and how he somehow defected to Minnesota. But before we hear his first song, because I also love his taste in music, we are going to talk to Sean Bernard, producer, co-business owner, uh, also a realtor at 50th and France, office of Edina Realty, the warm weather has probably got people a little itchy about buying houses, yeah?
1: It has indeed. Uh, it's taken off a little bit early this year, about three or four weeks early compared to last year. Remember, it snowed in April uh, last year. And so. I remember uh, when it snowed on May 1st before. Yeah, my son played baseball that day, yeah. unfortunately. That was like and two, then, three years ago. Oh, I remember taking a video. It was just brutal. And yeah. The, the, my son, was last at bat that year, said, Dad, I. I'm sorry, I struck out. I could not feel my hands. <laughs> I said, "That's fucking. I can't believe You're they made a you made you. <laughs> you are and terrible. You never live
0: up to what I wanted.
1: Exactly. I haven't seen him since that day.
0: <laughs> no, no. <laughs>
1: anyway, <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah. so So tell me about so it, the elevator speech version. Because
0: again, we have got about yes, 30 seconds yes, now yes. left due to your personal story. Oh boy. Um, the, the market right now, the nature of an early spring. If someone wants to buy or sell, what should they be doing right now?
1: Uh, get in touch with me and we will sit down and talk about what your needs are and what you're trying to accomplish by buying or selling. Uh, I'm big on the investment side of it, just you know, talking more about the numbers and that sort of thing and what what makes sense. So, 612 859 2594. You can also go to Sean Bernard at edinarealty.com. Uh, get in touch with me. We'll meet. Uh, Remember that a portion of every sale goes to the Warming House, and also that's a music venue on 50th and Bryant in the basement of Farmstead Bike Shop. Uh, And also you get a membership for two for the entire year.
0: Sounds good. That is Sean Bernard. My name is Brian Oak. It's The Brian Oak Show. Dave Sinek is our guest. Which of two uh, Dave songs are we going into first? We're going with The Boss first. All right. We're going to go into The Boss. So. I don't want to go super deep on the boss who's that on the far side of this song. All right. I want to know why this song matters to you before we head into it.
2: Easy. This is the very first Bruce song I was ever introduced to at a party. I, I don't even know what year in high school. Sophomore year, junior year. Uh, we're listening to the Cars. We're listening to Tom Petty. You know, th- this is uh, late 70s. And uh, this song comes out, and I'm like, what? And everybody's going crazy. And I'm like, "I, I it sounded like nothing I'd ever heard and i was transfixed and i found out afterwards that it was bruce and you know then i got somebody handed me darkness on the edge of town that was actually the first album i listened to front to back and even before born to run and i was completely absolutely horn swaggled i was just instantly so into bruce that uh, this song though th- this is the one that that got me started and every time i hear it if, if it's summertime and i'm in my car man i'm the windows are down i'm cranking it and i got a smile on my face
0: I am so delighted that Dave picked that song because it is by far my favorite Bruce Springsteen song. And the ironic thing about that is, growing up, I heard "Blinded by the Light," uh, a couple of the early ones, but I didn't really get to know who Bruce Springsteen was until the advent of MTV in the mid eighties. Mm-hmm. Right where like "Born in the USA," I'm like, oh, but I didn't really bother because it wasn't necessarily my thing. And then I in the in the nineties. I decided I was going to go back and listen to some of the darker, more brooding and especially early on the more sort of exuberant storyteller stuff that he did. And I was still like I'm like that's cool, but it wasn't really my jam. And I had a friend, in fact, you and I both might know the same guy, John Michaels who did traffic oh, sure. for years got, at iHeartRadio/amazing guy. guy. He was on me to see Springsteen every time he came through and finally once I capitulated and said yes. And here's what I'll say, Bruce Springsteen, now even if he's not my jam, to deny his place in the American rock pantheon would be to say that Bob Dylan doesn't matter, right? And again, I'm not a, I'm not a super Bob or Dylan fan. Or to say pa- the
2: Grateful Dead doesn't matter. Right. I just threw that at you because mm. I've heard that. <laughs> I've heard that take from you, and I it, it bothers me, but okay, that's okay. We we'll cover that <laughs> on your
0: several ne- dix we'll, dix we'll, picks, uh... we'll, we'll cover we'll cover that on the next All podcast right. Brian, <laughs> because that 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 right there is a whole new podcast okay. by itself. By our starter uh, exactly. Um, but I can't deny his importance in the American rock pantheon in terms of being a songwriter performer. So I finally went to a show at the XL, and here's what I will say about Bruce Springsteen with all respect and all due regard. It was a three-hour show, and Clarence was still alive at this point, and his band is bulletproof, and his performances are incendiary. But even when he let them all go off the stage and catch catch their breath, he never stopped for a minute. And I know that he stays in shape, and I know that he cares about what he does. I've never seen one other performer in my entire life give three hours of their life to making sure that every goddamn person in a giant arena had the time of their life. I've never seen a performer work that hard consistently. Like, yeah. like not a break. He didn't give himself a minute off for more than three hours. It was remarkable.
2: That's what makes him so special, I think. I and mean, he's well, he's 70 now, you know, and I've seen every show at the X since I moved here in late 94. Mm-hmm. And I've never walked away saying, ah, you know, that one just, you didn't quite have it. it's just okay. I mean, there have been ones I've liked better than others, basically by, by the set list, you know, uh-huh. whatever tour yeah. he's on. Right. But you're right. He it's kind of like LeBron James says, you know, I, I'm not going to play if there's no fans in the stands with this virus. I play for the fans. And Bruce is like, he believes that there's probably a lot of people that have never seen him live before. And so he plays like it. And, and back when I first started seeing him in the River Tour 8081, these were four-hour shows. And so... When I'm driving around, I got E Street Radio on Sirius XM, and at 11 o'clock, they go live with a concert. If it's a concert from the Darkness Tour, 78, 79, or the River Tour, 80, I'm driving around. Yeah. I, I may have an appointment. I'm rescheduling. <laughs> I'm just, I can't not listen, because even listening to a live show, you you feel the energy, and you know what it's like for those 15,000, 20,000 people inside. There's I've seen them at least 30 times, and my heyday was 80 to you know '80. Yeah, 80 to 83, 84, mm-hmm. where we would drive around college wherever. I was in Indiana. You can go to Louisville, Cincinnati. You just pick a whole you know route of where you go. There's nothing like a live Bruce concert.
0: So that's why you take umbrage with my take on the dead is because you're a live music guy. Now, and I am, like, if I'm at a show and it bends my mind I'll never forget it. I'll never forget that Springsteen show. Again, not my favorite artist, not by a long shot, but I was continually impressed. The Grateful Dead, I've gone to see them live a half dozen times because I used to live with a bunch of deadheads. They'd be <laughs> like, no, man, you, you got to see the right show. And I took the requisite amount of acid. <laughs> okay, kids, by the way, stay in school and don't do drugs. But I did the things you were supposed to do, and I was like, why didn't a better band give their fans <laughs> acid in the sixties?
3: <laughs>
0: I just, get it. It's not. They're not for everyone. No, they're mediocre and boring. Is what they are. Well, I'm and, not. And, now, argue. But, I'm but, not but, a huge fan, but I, I do respect their work. Oh, oh, I respect. Now, again, I'm not a fan, but I respect the place they carved in American music history. They brought true quadraphonic sound to. American arenas they created something that did not exist before exactly. my roommates would travel the country to see them unfortunately back then when they were cool with you know taping and tape trading so when people were trading tapes you know like hey this one's been recorded over 8 times like <laughs> this is an eighth generation dub not only the, <laughs> not only is the fidelity bad but like oh man the uh, uh, and so it's not, you know, oh, no, man, this is Fillmore East, 1971, Hamza el on drums. They go into stars. They come out into Scarlet Fire. And all their eyes would roll back in their heads in, like, sort of, like, just religious blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, well, I, I'm i glad that you guys are happy. But I have the new Pixies record over here. Could we please listen to that? So, again, we, get don't, it. we don't get to pick what we love, right? Correct. Before we get to your next song, let's talk a little bit about, so we've talked about your Packer fandom. We've talked about your legacy on KFAN uh, with Packer Preview. 25 years. Congratulations, by Thanks. the way. That's no yeah. small feat, man. No,
2: it's, uh, it's shocking. I, I, we were talking about it earlier. I thought when KFAN got the Vikes back in 2000 or so, I was done. It was right. a nice run. I yeah. had my five years. Now that the Viking station, I'm done. But no, we had some traction at that point. We had sponsors. We had people that, you know, enjoyed it. They just moved me an hour earlier. They well, said, all right, we need, a, we need a buffer hour.
0: We need more pre-show.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> well, but here's the deal. I mean, like, as I said, we live that close to Wisconsin, and it's kind of... I hope that people remember, as passionate as everyone gets about it, because I fucking love the Vikings, and I know you love the Packers, but it is still just a game, and so it's kind of like music. For me, arguing about music, like... There's no wrong answer. You just love what you love, and when you but when your team wins, it's kind of delicious. And oh so no it, doubt. It, and, but also, we live close enough to Wisconsin, and KFAN has a big enough reach, being a hundred thousand watt flamethrower. We reach, they reach way into Wisconsin, and so you have a lot of fans. I mean, when you open up the phone lines, people are into it.
2: No, there's no doubt. But I'm, I think it's more about. Everybody listening, you know a Packer fan
0: on your street, right? I do. You, you know one on your in your office. I have several dear friends who are not. You're also on the list, people who I genuinely yeah. enjoy being around that are
1: insufferable Packer fans. That's,
2: that's why they gave me the platform, because there are, <laughs> there are Packer fans everywhere, not just across the river, but
1: right. everywhere. This, well, they realized they were free to leave, and that, so they came correct. to Minnesota. They well, were smart, <laughs> smart people.
2: I still get so much of that. Like, I, know, I know. Why don't you go back to where you came from? Like, yeah. Oh, know, that's What brutal. are you doing here? Go yeah, back to where you to, came to, from, Sineke. <laughs> you <laughs> know, it's, it's, it, it, at a bigger <laughs> level, you hear that in the world, too. Like, what are you doing in our country I and mean, you hear that from people uh, and it's like what is wrong with you yeah. <laughs> I,
0: I think that was my point in that it like it's fun to spar yeah and it is it, some people take it very seriously but ultimately it's a game and it's a sport and it's entertainment ultimately you and i enjoy each other's company more than we're willing to like pull out fisticuffs yeah. over purple versus green and gold
2: oh i've got a zillion viking fans no doubt now will i watch a game with them between the vikings and packers no way no, I want nothing to do. It's bad enough that my son is a Viking fan, oh,
0: and i got
3: to oh, deal with yeah. that.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, it's it's terrible. It's that, it's awful. See, but that's, that's also, a, to me, an analogy for having teenagers in general. Like, growing up, my daughter and I, we had a lot of bonding points. She's 21. But she also, and I think every teenager does this. In fact, I don't think Mick Jagger got a pass when his kids grew up. Every teenager's job is to go out of their way Even if they don't really believe it, to distance themselves from their parents because they're trying to find an identity, has has, has your son been a Vikings fan long enough that it's real?
2: Oh, yeah. Could you imagine Mick Jagger's kids going up to him and saying... Dad, sorry, we're Beatles guys.
0: Yeah. You know? Sorry. Just, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Dad, I'm going to be honest. You I'm imagine? really
2: more of a Roger Daltrey guy. <laughs> right? Wouldn't that be awesome? Um, no, yeah, my son got uh, brainwashed by some older cousins when he was really little. Yeah. And they told him purple was the way. Oh, totally. Because uh, my other my other two kids have figured it out, and they're Packer fans. But, yeah. no, Jackson, who's now almost 17, he's he held his own. He's a diehard Packer fan. And for years now, I bring him on my Packer show at the end of the show And ask him to predict how the Packers are gonna do from a Vikings fans perspective. Wow. And he's beloved. He is beloved in this market by Vikings fans because he stood up to dad. He's a rebel. He gets it. And he know I mean, he's one of those kids that's in like seven fantasy leagues. Like he follows football really closely. He knows Uh it as well as I do now. So we have really good conversations about our two teams. When both teams are good, as they were this past year. It's a lot of fun in our house, sparring back and forth. He he gives it as much as he takes it.
1: It's a lot of fun. Will you agree that it's a little unfair for the last twenty five years, you guys have had a stellar quarterback?
2: Yeah, it's it's unfair, but I, I always counter <laughs> with this: the day the Packers drafted Aaron Rodgers, the Vikings had two picks ahead of Green Bay, where they I could know. have taken Aaron Rodgers. I know, and Green yeah. Bay had a, a quarterback in Brett Favre that was still in his prime, and they. They took the plunge, so I don't feel guilty at all about that. You <laughs> Troy Williamson and Erasmus James. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. that, Ooh,
0: Erasmus James. <laughs> Troy Williamson, not a great catcher of the football. No. <laughs> not uh, a great is, receiver. That, is that the receiver that common man referred to as frying pan hands? <laughs> It has to be. Yeah, it has to be. So, uh, Man, here, is he
1: fast. Here's the problem with <laughs> talking about anything
0: in the real world <laughs> with David Sinekin is that the guy is smart, and he's erudite, and even if you hate the Packers, he will find a way to make you listen, which is why I like I, I'm not always up that early, but if I tune into Packer Preview, I like to listen because yeah. I want to know specifically and very scientifically Why I hate those cheese heads so much. (laughs) Speaking of, you've got a website called theheadcheese.com, the place for Packer fans. If people want to get a hold of you and talk to you, is that the best place for them to go?
2: Uh, Yeah, there's a contact me. I I haven't updated it in a number of months after the season ended. I'll do that now that free agency kicks in and the draft and all that. But yeah, there's a way to, to reach out or obviously via Twitter at TCheadcheese is is quick and easy as well.
0: Well, so you do do packer preview. You do the, do the com. You also have a day job. I do. And what is your day job? Cuz I
2: would not uh, be able to uh, raise three kids uh, on those Deals. I haven't gotten a raise since '95 with the fan. Oof.
0: Uh, oh. I, uh, uh, I have... Hey, uh, by the way, I'm calling out <laughs> Swedberg right now. Not even a dog whistle. Give this man. Even though he's a Packer backer, give this man a no, little more money. He's good what? at what he does. It's
2: all good. I'm happy to have the platform. It's. Uh, I used yeah, to call yeah. it gas money, but it's not even really gas money. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Some years have gone by. Ouch. Um, uh, so, so, what's your day job, man? Yeah, how do you, so, how do you uh, occupy your time? I uh, have my own ad agency, which I've had now for 11, 12 years. I was just crazy to say because I remember I was selling. I was sales manager at the fan uh, in the mid, aughts I guess o seven o eight when I decided I wanted to go back. I used to be on the ad agency side and I took the plunge in 09, And um, as I'm knocking wood, uh, I've got a great stable of clients and I I help them out with uh, planning their media buying and doing their creative and have just a really nice gig going. I love
0: it. Well, that's fantastic, and I'm very happy for you. As anyone knows who's ever taken the plunge, as I recently have along with Sean, into doing your own thing for a Mm -hmm. living, the learning curve is steep, even if you know what you're doing, and it's terrifying, but also when it works, extremely gratifying. For sure.
2: Uh, I had young kids when I made the move, and and I kind of had a a small couple clients that took with me, but not enough that I knew that that was going to support me, but I just... Figured I'd give it a shot. I knew I could always go back if I had to and, and do what I'd been doing, but yeah, I, I took the plunge. It's a Of course, I had to get the Title Town in there because
0: Green Absolutely. Bay. Of course, oh, yeah. title oh town. good for you, uh, championship! Exactly. Oh, we've got rings and belts. Thirteen of them.
2: So we're <laughs> oh, been stuck on thirteen for about ten there years were, now. Uh, there gotta-
1: were six teams in the league for. You know, nine yeah. of those. Well, but. Well, true, were there just but two teams?
2: Back in the I, 30s, yes. There weren't yeah. a whole lot of teams back in the 30s. But in the mm. 60s, when we won five, uh, Back then, they were of, called the, the Green Bay Intestines
0: because <laughs> it was all hog rendering. I'll
2: uh, we'll put it this way. Since the Vikings have been around, I think we've won eight. Oh,
1: here so, we go. Here we go. And right. how many people were at the Super Bowl? uh in, in, the, first the first one? one, yeah, they didn't uh, sell out. No, I remember I that. they gave away tickets. To they people, did give away it was tickets. A, yeah. like hey, added look, game, not <laughs> the
0: first event to paper. All right, just to make sure you had butts <laughs> in the right. seats to buy brats and beer. That's right. Um, Mr. Sinekin, So, yes, uh, what time on? Which, by the way, KFAN one hundred point three FM. What time? And now I know it's going to be a ways off still, but it's not going to be that far off. It's it's always amazing how quickly it comes rushing up. It does. When Packer. Uh, preview returns. What time can people hear you?
2: Oh, do I have to say? Because they've moved me even earlier in the last five years. Uh, Four a.m. No, it's well, seven a.m. Sundays. Uh, the beauty now with technology, and as you guys know, as you do podcasts, is people can find the show and listen to it whenever they wake up. Which and so, is if, cool. if, they,
0: if they don't want to listen to that godforsaken two and a half, <laughs> three hours of Vikings pregame. If they're a Packer fan, they can listen to yours during that and then get ready to watch the Packers shit the bed.
2: Yeah, well, sometimes that does happen. Yeah. But uh, yeah, 7 a.m. Sunday, week one of the NFL season is when we'll be back for our 25th season. But
0: That's know, amazing, man. Being out with that, Trent every really Saturday, cool. I can still talk Packers throughout the year. You so. can. And so you and Trent, what do you do every Saturday? Trent Tucker, by the way, tell me, give me the, literally the 30-second version of why should I know who Trent Tucker is?
2: Uh, Trent Tucker is hanging in the rafters at Williams Arena. He's right. a gopher legend, uh, a gopher
0: um, Big Ten championship team. See, I knew that. I just want to make sure the people who are listening who are like, college sports, what?
2: Well, he was drafted sixth by the yeah. Knicks and played 10 years. He was in the playoffs every year with the Knicks. Retired for a year. Then he uh, got a tryout with the Bulls in 92 and stuck with that team and they won a ring. The second, sorry, the third championship for Michael Jordan, the 92-93 season. So I'm sorry, Trent, Trent Trent's wearing a ring? Well, he never wears it. It's in his house. But here's the bit. He that owns guy, it.
0: That guy is so cool and so mellow and so thoughtful. So nice. Plus yeah. the way he calls you Davey <laughs> is, I, I know that other people say it on the fan, but damn, I love when he does well, that. You're, you're obviously friends.
2: San Antonio Davey, that yeah. people don't know what that means, but that's Trent. Um, here's the thing people don't know. The year that he was playing for the Bulls, 92-93, and, and won a championship, I was living in Chicago. I was dating a gal who, whose dad had a corrugated box company, had more money than God, had season tickets to every team, and she loved the Bulls. We went to every Bulls game that season that Trent played home, every home game, every playoff game, every wow. through the championship, and I so I'm watching Trent every game of that season at home, and then two years later we're doing a show together in the Twin Cities. Just weird how. Life kind of intersects that way.
0: Life is weird that way, and not always. It's not always kind, but sometimes that sort of serendipity. This laptop right here that I have in front of me once belonged to Grant Hart from the band Husker Du. Really? And his widow bestowed it to me as a gift. And if you had told 16-year-old me who Husker Du literally changed his life, oh, Life is weird. His name is Dave Sinekin. His name is Sean Bernard. My name is Brian Oak. It's the Brian Oak Show. Let's get to your second song, because we've been jabbering a lot. What are we playing next?
2: Well, so when I lived in Chicago, I fell in love with the blues. Uh, Kingston Mines, a great club, was a few blocks from where I lived. I really fell in love with blues music and experimented with a lot of bands. And really, really fell in love with Stevie Ray Vaughan and, and what he did with that guitar. And so uh, he was, when, his, when he passed away in, in the helicopter crash, that's one of those where were you moments for me. Just gutted by by that loss of that talent who had dealt with addiction and then fought through it and come out on the other side and continue to make fantastic music. So I picked a song that that was very personal to him off the In Step album, which is my favorite album. I listen to it all the time. And this is another one I wanted to be upbeat today. This is one that, man, when it comes on, if I'm just scrolling through and this song pops up, windows down, crank it up, and I'm singing along.
4: Never know. Looking back at front of me.
0: Sorry, Mom. i will call you back later. It's the Brian Oak <laughs> Show. Thanks very much for tuning in. Episode thirty-seven. Dave Senekin, you are a delight. And oh, I, thank you. you. Well, a this is fun. literally decades of broadcast experience. Twenty-five years into Packer Preview, which will start what week one of the NFL season? That's
2: the soonest they
0: want me. They, they don't want you during the preseason. God just no.
2: To, just to taunt a little bit. I I would do it, but no. They say no. Just get ready for week 1 that's the soonest we want to see you fucking squares
0: in the meantime i imagine well before week 1 over at the com, there will be plenty of speculation oh, i imagine even after the draft i mean there's going to be plenty of talk and speculation your blog all that stuff over yeah, there yeah
2: for sure i get busy <clears throat> during the season obviously writing before and after each game and of then off season you know i kind of take a break but now we're in the springtime draft time i'll get busy and then yeah, once you're in spring training or spring training, summer training camp, yeah, and we're all thinking football. Then I'm I'm back in the in the mode again. I I'm a frustrated sports columnist. That's what I wanted to do growing up. I was a journalism major. I'm not monetizing it. I just do it for fun. It's a chance for me to expand on what I want to talk about beyond my my weekly show. So it's it's for me. It's just a fun hobby and. When I interact with people, it's a good time.
0: Well, it's a good-looking website. Like, I mean, like a lot of websites you go to, they're put together like garbage, and (laughs) yours is actually easily navigable. Nice. Although- you are. I'm going to be honest. A little too Packer forward. I get if I'm it. Honest. But you
2: see uh, on the on the left there, it says convert Jackson. You have a chance to email my son and, <laughs> nice. and try to, try to turn him into a Packer fan. <laughs> nice. if you you
0: want. are diabolical. <laughs> um, before we turn you loose, uh, I just want to say thank you again very much Thanks for, for coming me. by. It's always fun. Uh, good luck with your private endeavors. And I wish I could say good luck to the Packers, but I can't. I don't know if you see what's happening right there on the wall, Dante. Yeah,
2: my, I get it. My you
0: autographed Dante. Photo. you got to be real
2: with me. I wouldn't trust it if you said
0: it, so yeah. I, I get it. Okay, very good. But but somehow, despite the fact I also have very conservative friends, and I'm a loony liberal, I, I believe that we all have more in common than we don't. And let's remember, it is entertainment. It is a game. Correct. No matter how invested you are, it's not worth – some of the people who call up on uh, – a fan line on the fan afterwards. Yeah. Now, granted, I know most of them have been drinking heavily since no, 10 a.m., yeah. but also, like, the level of this, like, genuine anger. I'm like, okay, I know. I mean, everyone already knows that the refs are on the Packers' side, right? So let's not get mad about that. God, I just... Ah! I I can't tell you how much I heard about that last season. It's just Yeah, because it's never been more evident. Because
2: why Dave? wouldn't why wouldn't they want to have a conspiracy and make the Packers good, right? Why wouldn't they want the pack? It doesn't make any sense. There's no logic to it. That's right, Davey.
0: Okay. Uh, Dave Sinican, <laughs> Um before we go, I do want to thank Sean Bernard. Tell me one more time how people can get a hold of you if they want to move. 612 Thanks to Smart Start MN. You can go to SmartStartMN.com. Click on our link to let them know that you've heard about them here. And also, so you can get back your car quicker, AudioQuip.com, as in short for Audio Equipment. They do an amazing job. They've hooked us up very well here, and they're great people. AudioQuip.com. Thanks to everybody who's been involved. And stick around, because very soon an announcement about our next live Patreon event. What? We have a Patreon account? Of course we do. Patreon.com slash Brian Show. If you want to get into exclusive events, you've got that opportunity to do so. Explore it. Find out for yourself. Decide if you like this show well enough to do that. And before we go, I want to share one last story. Um... I've known you for so long. I mean, we met many, many years ago. Yep. We both started. Like, we so you worked for KFan before we were all in St. Louis Park. I worked for Cities before we were in St. Louis Park. We all got moved under the same roof, all six stations, in two thousand yeah, three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't that early, but a few years later. So I would I was working every afternoon at Cities ninety seven, but I came in to do the occasional weekend show or came in to record my Sunday night show, Freedom Rock. And there was one morning I came in. There's only like five cars in the parking lot. It's a ghost town. Someone is cranking Molly Hatchet so loud in their car that it's like I'm back in Coon Rapids at the Village Four Theater on a Friday night. It, it, it was like it was so loud. I'm like. Who's rocking Molly Hatchett? That's awesome. Because growing up, classic rock was my thing. Before I found the alts, before I found the new wave, before I found any of the weird stuff, I loved listening to old school KQ and classic rock. And I am not mad at Molly Hatchett at all. And so I sat in my truck for a minute because I'm like, I don't have anywhere to be. I'm just going in to record a show, having a cigarette. And who should climb out of his fucking cutlass Supreme, whatever the <laughs> was hell it was. your blue Audi? Uh, I, I think it was the Jeep Grand Cherokee. Okay. Back then. Was it really? I think so. I right. felt like it was like a Monte Carlo SS something. It might have been my little Audi A4. There. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, it, it felt like more of a, a northern suburbs car but maybe it was just the music infiltrating my mind one of those. but um yeah i mean like it was literally so loud that between your closed windows and my closed windows <laughs> i can still make out the words perfectly i love that you love to rock and i love that you love old school classic rock why do you love molly oh, and i
2: loved your reaction I, I i walked out of my car and you were like Oh, my God. It was just one of those moments. I'll never forget. I've told I was this just story so happy. a lot, too. I, I think it, that day, I don't remember if it was on KQ, or if it was a Sirius XM bit, but uh-huh. I hadn't heard that song in so long. And it was such a, a song that meant a lot to me, because my junior, senior year in high school, we we listened to The Outlaws and, and you know, Leonard Skynyrd and, yep. and, and Hatchet. In fact, I think the first concert I ever saw... Was Outlaws Blue Oyster Cult Molly Hatchet in Milwaukee, like '79, probably? What? And and I I was Hatchet was so good live, yeah. I I just fell in love with that sound, and so when I heard that song, and I hadn't heard it in probably twenty years. Yeah, I couldn't turn it up loud enough.
0: Think about those people who are listening to hip-hop so loud that the (laughs) bass is actually making your windows rattle, let alone their own car. That's how loud Mr. Sinekin was listening to this song on that particular morning in the parking ramp at Planet Utica. (laughs) Mr. Sinekin, I will talk to you soon. My pleasure.
2: This has been fun. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. A little Southern
0: rock as we wrap up The Brian Oak Show.